We got ourselves a ball game in Philly right now. It was 8-5, and now it's 8-6 in the bottom of the 10th. is the Phillies. Scott Lynn's Philadelphia Phillies. Trying to keep themselves alive in this game. Yeah, hey, yeah. save some save some runs for my uh, Dodgers and Guardians. Three to one in the second. We got over eight and a half, and we paid minus one twenty, which is something we don't really like to do, but we did it anyway. So, uh, you know, Kyle Schwarber's up at the oh. plate right now. We might get a Schwarbomb right now. God. Kershaw, he's one for three with a solo home run, two walks, and two runs. Uh, Yankees up two nothing out. on the Nationals, and the bases are loaded. I don't like that, but. The Nationals came back and beat the Yankees yesterday, and as you might say, some would say the Nationals don't get out of bed until they're down at least two nothing to a terrible Yankees. Team. That is that is actually something yeah. that I would say, it's and that's thing. also very true. Is Kershaw just? I didn't even see who that was, but he just got him right on the elbow. Uh, Not good. I'm listening listening to the new mm-hmm. Billy Walters book, The Gambler, yep. which I recommend. I've read two chapters, and uh, I'm inspired. I'll bet you one hundred dollars right now that <laughs> Kyle Schwarber strikes out right here. I'm not going to make that bet because I feel like it's going to happen. And look, he just did right there. So, oh wait, you've got the you've got it ahead no, on your computer, no, I don't swear. you? I honestly you pulled that hustle. No, I do have ESPN in front of me, but it's all like, look at this game's still in the bottom of the second. They don't update. I, I didn't hit the refresh button. Ah, uh, okay. No, I just I'm a lifelong, as you know, Chicago Cub fan. Yeah. Shout out World Series legend Kyle Schwarber. He either homers or he strikes out, it's especially true. in big moments. So. Well, I saw him right there. You you said that right when they threw the pitch, and I went, wait, look at this count. Nope, nope, not going to do this with a runner no, on no. second scoring yeah. position, and uh, you know, you still down owe me five bucks for knowing Fred Jones won a slam dunk contest, so I don't think I haven't forgotten about Not that. Lie, I didn't know Fred Jones won a slam dunk contest. <laughs> I googled it. You got real cocky. You are like, I bet you I, can't get this I in 2000, I and I was like, Fred Jones. I still can't believe you got that. As the Yankees go up 6 nothing, oh, Aaron okay, Judge, all right. yeah. still good at baseball. It's 26 right. ding-dong okay, well, of the you season. You know what? You know what? The Nationals, all right. they're being nice. They're a good team this year. They're, they're a kind team, and they want to give the Yankees a chance to get Meanwhile, some wins, you know? Kershaw looking shaky. Wild pitch. Now we got a runner in scoring position. Love what we're seeing. One was, that some a grand, zig. was that a grand slam for Judge, too? Isaac. I think the bases were loaded. I think they that were. was a grand slam. Okay, yeah. 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 Sorry, Nationals don't get out of bed until they're down uh, six nothing. Six nothing. <laughs> that yeah. means we've At gotten Yankee all the Stadium. home runs out of uh, mm-hmm. yeah, out of his system. There you go. Oh, yeah. Gore, you bum, yeah. you bum. You're ruining it for me. It's okay. No, this is why I don't bet on my teams much. I got cocky after yesterday, and then here we go. Every time I look at Aaron Judge, by the way, just towering over everybody in the dugout right now. It's yeah. just like, you know, are you sure you don't play basketball? Like, do you really? What made you play baseball over basketball? Well, he was a three-sport athlete too. I know. Baseball, basketball, football. He was a hooper too. Mm-hmm. You know, football. I mean, that's I just... mean, I know he played, but you know, I mean, like right. he just looks like an NBA player. Right. Right. So. Well, I think he made the right decision, though. Guaranteed money. Yep. You see the money that he got. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's not going to have injuries. His career is going to last longer than 28, 29 years old. The two professional sports that I would play. And he couldn't play hoops. Let's be honest. Aaron yeah. Judge, who's he guarding? Yeah. The two, the two professional sports that I would play if I could choose any. Okay. It would be baseball and golf. Oh, yeah. Easy. And I love basketball, but I would choose baseball and golf. Yeah, growing up, I wanted to be a slot-wide receiver, and my dad's like, your brains will be mashed by the time you're 27. Watch <laughs> Little golf. Little did he know they're still mashed. I mean, what happened? The way that he got me into golf, he's like, you see her? That's his wife. Yeah. And I'd be like, that guy? How? And he'd be like, you'll learn. You're very soon. You'll learn. Yeah. And uh, yeah, now I'm all in on golf. So he was right. I was wrong. Yep. And this is before like Wes Welker, you know? And uh, yeah. Yeah. There, there, weren't, there weren't a whole lot of like 5'9", five, 5'10", five, slot wide receivers, white dudes back in the time. Now we've had a bunch. You, you know what? You might have actually had your calling. You missed the boat. Damn it. Damn I know. It. It's your dad's fault. I know. He ruined it all for me, Dad. Thanks <laughs> all right. a lot, Dad. Back to the best-case scenarios for every team in the NFL. The last team that we've got for the AFC North 
would be none other than the Pittsburgh Steelers. My best case scenario for the Pittsburgh Steelers is that they win the AFC North at plus 450. Now, for all of that to come together, the defense has to be as good as it's been, if not better, even elevate to the next level. Matt Canada suddenly has to change who he is and lead a more explosive offense. So we're asking for an identity change. That's what makes this an extreme best-case scenario for them. The Steelers have got to get more out of Kenny Pickett this year. I understand that he's not going to go out there and look like Patrick Mahomes. I know he'll probably throw more, hopefully, than seven touchdowns. But they're going to have to be a team that in cases where they're down and they're behind, Kenny Pickett can lead them back in games. That's going to be the most important thing for them. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Like, we looked at the opposing passing defense, the uh, passing defenses that Kenny Pickett and the Steelers were going to face. And I was like, okay, this makes sense when you look at his passing touchdown prop at only 17 and a half. Then he goes out, he balls out this preseason. Now the over is actually minus 150. I like the over. I don't think he's going to win MVP, but 50 to 1 is a crazy price. He's the 22nd favorite in the market. That means he has the same price as like Jordan Love, Daniel Jones, Kirk Cousins. And he looked really damn good in the preseason. Um, Look at the QB rating, 147.9. And I like yep. I like Pickens a lot. Um, but, yeah, I agree. I, for, for that, like, I think maybe they uh, shock everybody. They win the division. Maybe they win a couple playoff games. I don't think they're good enough to be a Super Bowl team, but who knows? I mean, maybe there's some injuries to Cleveland, Cincinnati, these teams that we have high expectations for, and it's the Steelers that we're sleeping on. Mike Tomlin, if not the best coach in the AFC, one of them, especially in that division. You just uh... – you just don't count out Mike Tomlin, you right? Like it, you, you, you can't, and that—that's what makes it. It's—it's. It's, there are a few coaches or a few players, and this is across every professional sport where you just look at them and you go, "I can't." Like, why not? We did it for years with Tom Brady. We did it with Bill Belichick. We've done it with LeBron James. We've done it with, I mean, Patrick Mahomes. I mean, there. Were, it was what two years ago. Where is Patrick Mahomes? Did he already peak? Is that that was the year the Chiefs were just just awful on defense. Yeah. Awful defensively. And Mahomes was turning the ball over more. They still were one of the best offenses in the NFL. He still was a top 10 rated quarterback, and everything's been fine. So yeah. there are some guys that you just don't count out, and that's going to be one of them. Yeah. I, I But, I, yeah, I mean, I think the Steelers – I mean, you went into a season last year with Mitchell Trubisky and a rookie, Kenny Pickett, as your starting quarterbacks, or as your two top quarterbacks. And, of course, uh, Mason Rudolph, who's still there. But And they still had a winning record. He still didn't have a losing record. So – I don't see how it gets any worse, and I like him a little bit more this season. And they had injuries last year. They lost T.J. Watt. If he stays healthy, which he most likely does, plays a full season, that defense mm-hmm. is obviously much better. Oh, Who knows? Yeah. Maybe they shock everybody. They, you know, they win the division. They win a playoff game. All right, on to the AFC South. We start with the Houston Texans. Not really high expectations. Win totals four and a, four and a half. Yeah. Right? Is it? It's only four and a half. No, no, it's six and a half, isn't it? Uh, the Texans, Texans are six and a half, total... I think. Right? Let me check it off the top. of I my I think head. it's I actually know. six and a half, which I think is too high. I'm pretty sure it's sitting around six and a half. It is uh, five and a half. Five now. and a half. Okay, so splitting it right down the middle. I, I, I still don't think this team is going to be that great, but they're going to be better defensively. The key for them, though, the best case scenario is actually not C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud's going to have some issues this year. He's going to have some ups and downs. That offensive line is terrible. The best-case scenario for the Texans, and the way that they can actually go over that win total of 5.5, is by running the ball more, getting creative with the weapons that they do have, and Damian Pierce leads the NFL in rushing. You can get that between 28 and 35-1. to He had 939 rushing yards last year in just 13 games. So, obviously, that number is going to have to go way up. I think his total for the season is sitting around like 900. But the key here, Bobby Slowick, who they hired from San Francisco to run their offense, 
they were, I mean, we know how creative that offense was, obviously, with Kyle Shanahan, right? Yeah. San Francisco used motion in 73% of its passing plays. That's the highest rate, and the second highest rate only behind the Dolphins. So if you're going to bring that in, you're going to start moving guys around. You're going to make it confusing for defenses. So C.J. Stroud has any little bit of an advantage that he has, and you're also using the weapons you have and letting Damian Pierce have, you know, get the ball in his hands consistently. That's going to be the best case scenario for them. It's probably the smartest way for them to approach this season, too. Yeah, I think their best case scenario is just like they realize, even as a rookie, that CJ Stroud is that guy because you look at what they did in the draft, what they gave up. And I mean, Will Anderson, I think you kind of know what his ceiling is going to be. He's going to be a really good defensive player, probably eight and a half to 10 sacks. Uh, really good defender, obviously. But with C.J. Stroud, there's some people that don't believe in C.J. Stroud or any Ohio State quarterbacks. They say they're one-read quarterbacks. You know, they play in the Ryan Day offense. They're thrown to the best receivers in yeah, all of college football. True. And all those knocks are true. But I think, like, you have to figure out, is he the guy or not? Because if you're a 3-4 win team, there's really good quarterbacks. Like we said about some of these bottom-feeding teams, there's Caleb Williams and Drake May. And I know you gave up a lot, but... Um, I think you got to evaluate him and figure out if he's your guy or not, even as a rookie, which I know sucks because some of these guys really struggle as a rookie. Look yeah. at Trevor Lawrence. But I think he's in the right system. And, you know, you bring in veterans to surround him. He doesn't have to go out there and throw 25 touchdowns, eight picks, but he just has to show promise. Like, you know, you see if guys have it or not. Even when Trevor Lawrence was terrible as a rookie, you know, there was that last game. They beat the Indianapolis Colts, yeah. and the Colts had to win to get in. Yeah. That was Carson Wentz's fault. He was bad, yeah, but Trevor Lawrence was actually pretty damn good in that game. Yeah, he was. <laughs> Once Urban Meyer was fired and whatnot. Oh, man, it was night and day difference. It's amazing what a coach can sometimes do. Yeah. All right, on to the Colts now. The Colts with Anthony Richardson as their quarterback. The, be the best case scenario for them, taking the Jonathan Taylor situation out of this because we don't know where this is going to go. And there's, there's so much of an unpredictability there. Let's put him aside. Anthony Richardson is the future of this team. We know that. The best case scenario for the Indianapolis Colts is that Anthony Richardson surprises everybody as a passer, that he looks better than what most people expect. Look, I think they're going to run the hell out of the ball, and he's going to get a ton of carries and go for over 1,000 yards on the ground. But his passing yards prop sits at 2,800 yards. He goes over that number, and Shane Steichen does what he did with Jalen Hurts and uses that same development, that same uh, just however he coached him, and plops that right in on Anthony Richardson. I, that That's really going to be the difference. I'm not saying he's going to come in and he's going to look. He's going to look like that. But I'm saying you at least start that process now, and that helps with the faster development than what we expected. I mean, Steichen was the offensive coordinator in Philadelphia, and everybody knows. Hertz actually led all quarterbacks with 99 designed rushes just last season alone, 21 more than anybody else, including Justin Fields. So he's going to run the football. You're going to see him have the ball in his hands a lot on the ground but it's also turning him into a better passer. That's going to be the difference and the best-case scenario for that development for the Colts. Yeah, I think best-case scenario is like, oh, Shane Steichen is the guy. Because, yeah. you know, sometimes these coaching hires, they work out. Other times, Adam Gase, they don't. Creative play callers don't end up being good uh, head coaches, obviously. Um, and Anthony Richardson's an NFL passer. Like you said, he's an NFL quarterback because there was some really good at Florida. Then there were times where you were like, is he seeing the field? What is he looking at? And that's like, I kind of feel good about Florida over five and a half wins, even though I think Graham Mertz is terrible. I know what Graham Mertz's ceiling is. It's not very high, but I also know what his low is. And sometimes Anthony Richardson's low at Florida was like way lower than Graham Mertz. It could, I mean, and that's, that's what always concerned me about him. And I get this, right? We've played this game a million times with quarterbacks. The physical gifts, they're there. Yeah. And man, when you see these guys throwing footballs 90 yards and they're hitting the roof of a field house and you're like, oh my God. But just remember, we saw that with Kyle Bowler years ago too. Throwing through Strong the crossbars, 50 yard line on his knees. And you're like, oh, that's amazing. 
amazing. And that was before viral videos were really viral. Oh, yeah. I, I, you always got the big arm guy. Ryan Mallett. I mean, uh, Jay Cutler. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, Jay Cutler did have that really, really good year in Denver. He was a Pro Bowl he quarterback. He did. He did take, I almost said he took the Bears to the NFC title game. He didn't. That defense did. Could have done it. And yeah. then he got <laughs> hurt. Caleb Haney took him to that game. Yeah. Was, yeah. All right, we're going to talk to Jeff Feinberg, Tour Championship next. Uh, true shooting, 53.3% last year compared to 47% as a rookie. He's improving his shot. I think the assist numbers go up. The rebound numbers are going to be there. I think OKC is going to be a really fun team. Um, and Shea's already like won that award. If anything, we'll look at him as an MVP candidate. We'll look at Chet as the rookie of the year. So on a hot, flashy young team, I like Josh Giddy at 20-1, to 1, most improved a lot. I played that. There's a couple names on here that I kind of look at and just cross off and say, you know what? I, I think their time has already passed. Mikhail Bridges is the favorite, but kind of yeah. feel like we've already seen that, right? Like he's already kind of become that most improved guy. We saw him become essentially a star in Brooklyn. So you kind of feel like that wave is already passed. Even Jordan Poole. I, I look, Jordan Poole's in a new place. There's a chance he puts up 28 points a game because he's going to take a million shots in Washington. But you just kind of feel like you've passed those points for them where – We've watched those players take that next big step because that's really what it tends to be. For most players, it's they have a big jump, and especially points. Points is going to be the big one. So I'd probably cross off Jordan Poole. I'd probably cross off Mikhail Bridges. Scotty Barnes at 16-1. to The thing about him is it's like he can do a lot of stuff, but he doesn't do anything flashy. And some of this does become a part yeah. of that, right? Like a guy has a big flashy year, puts up a lot of points, makes this big jump, becomes one of the go-to offensive players. Even Austin Reeves, 20 to 1. Like, don't you feel like we've already kind of gotten to that point where people are like, we already talked about, because it's a, right, it's, it's a narrative-based award too, to a point. And we've already had this conversation about Austin Reeves in the playoffs. If he has a full season like he did in the playoffs last year, he's probably in the conversation. Those odds probably shorten a little bit, but I just don't know if it's enough for Austin Reeves to be somebody that you look at and say, you know, he's got a real shot at winning that when there's other players that can really elevate that next level, including even maybe even Tyus Jones. I mean, Tyus Jones is going to have a bigger role the entire season. He's It's always been like, hey, look how good the Grizzlies are when Tyus Jones is starting, never turns the ball over, but he also isn't enough of a scorer where that works. So you start crossing some of these names off and it helps you narrow it down a little bit. So I think Washington, uh, they're going to be better on defense this year. Um, they need to get better. But, you know, just look at what Kalen DeBoer has done. Everywhere he's gone, he's won. And uh, Fresno State and Washington's offense, Michael Penix Jr., man, it just looks amazing. And they got, you know, great quarterback, a bunch of great receivers. Uh, they got to come to the Coliseum this year. But there's someone, I think, that could derail uh, USC's train. And someone that gave them a lot of problems last year, Oregon State. Uh, they don't have to play him in the regular season, but they could see him. 